I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, Episode 26. Today, we talk with Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman, the First Lady of Nutrition, as we discuss hormonal weight gain. So stay tuned for another life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Well, welcome everyone. Now, before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for that. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, today we have undisputedly the first lady of nutrition, Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman, a New York Times bestselling author of over 30 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. Beloved by many, she is regarded as a nutritional visionary and health pioneer who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. A Columbia University graduate, Dr. Gittleman has been recognized as one of the top 10 nutritionists in the country by Self Magazine and has received the American Medical Writers Association Award for Excellence and the Humanitarian Award from the Cancer Control Society. Her current book, Taking Charge of Your Perimenopause, is already a bestseller. So, ladies and gentlemen, my guest, the one and only Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman. Well, well, thank you so much, Dr. Ward Bond. That was a lovely, lovely uh, introduction. Uh, you're very, very welcome. Well, I know that today we are talking about hormonal weight gain, and I hear so many women, especially, complain of this uh problem. So uh, why is it becoming so prevalent? You know, that is the question. It's it's almost like, Dr. Ward, creeping weight gain that just starts during the change of life, which can occur as early as your late 30s these days, and is involved with both your thyroid very often as well as your adrenals. And so we see that there are many hormones that are weight-promoting, cortisol being the primary one, but if anything gets in the way of your thyroid hormone and it becomes slowered or halted because of too much estrogen or even because of too many chemicals in the water, then you're not metabolizing the way you used to. So it's a problem as we get older. The the, the RX, uh, as I write in Before the Change, is is kind of involved because you have to figure out which particular hormonal weight gain root cause is yours? Is it your thyroid? Is it your adrenal? Or is it because you're eating too many foods that affect your estrogen and progesterone? So it is like opening a Pandora's box, but I'm ready to tackle it with you right now. Well, thank you, because it sounds like a catch-22, because you bring up three very good points. One, we have a lot of women out there with weak adrenal glands, which means that as the change starts to happen, the hormonal shift goes towards the adrenals and away from the ovaries. And then we have so many xenoestrogens, foreign estrogens entering the body that disrupt thyroid function. And of course, you mentioned some chemicals. I know that bromide, chloride, and fluoride are notorious for slowing down thyroid function and basically pushing iodine out. And then uh, just, you know, just the change itself. So, uh, so it's How? a it's a minefield. I mean, it's it a, is. You can, you can imagine for a woman that thinks she's doing everything right. So what I have learned, and you're so right in in what you've said just now, 
uh, and it's something that I go into greater detail with and before the change. But the real issue here is that many women have an imbalance of two minerals. So to cut to the chase, which is the bottom line of so much of this, if you've got too much copper in the diet or you have a copper IUD or copper fillings or are on a vegetarian or vegan diet, you have an skewed copper to zinc ratio. Copper is associated with a hormone estrogen. Zinc is associated with a hormone progesterone. And those are the two hormones that are out of whack as you approach the change. So one of the things and one of the ways that you curtail the adrenal, the thyroid issues is that you make sure that those two minerals are in balance. And that's really where the crux of before the change comes into play. You either take a, a tissue mineral analysis, a hair test, or a blood test to figure out where your copper is. And interestingly enough, Dr. Bond, I'm now aware that when people have high copper, not only are they subject to estrogen dominance, but also there's a higher proclivity for cancer because so much cancer is estrogen-driven. Why? Well, yeah, definitely. And, you know, with copper, you know, it's amazing that you bring that up because I've read in areas that if some people with elevated copper levels, they're can be some signs of mental health issues as well. But uh, how does one balance out their copper and their zinc ratios? Well, that's the key. And what, what I talk about is how important it is to remove any source of copper from the environment. One of those areas is the copper IUD, which can really impact a woman's mental health. And I'm glad that you brought that up because when you go through the change, it's not just that you're navigating through all kinds of mood swings and weight and sleep and so forth, but it really affects the way that your brain and mental well-being functions. So what you need to do is to make sure that there are no extra sources of copper coming into your system. So no more copper IUD. Find another healthier way of of, um, birth control. That's number one. Copper IUD is a biggie. And number two, let's make sure that we're not cooking in copper pots and pans, which is so prevalent in this day and age if you you look at all those copper-lined pots and pans on the market today. And then I think number three is getting rid of high-copper foods for at least six weeks. And those would be your chocolate, believe it or not, which is considered such a superfood, but not if you've got high copper. Oh, you hurt me right there, chocolate. You, that, that's, that's, my, that's my big one. <laughs> <laughs> so then you've got copper, but you also have these teas. Specifically, the darker the tea, so you've got the black teas, but you also have to some degree the green tea, so you've got all the tea from the tea plant. Herbal teas are better. And then you've got your nuts and seeds and your shellfish and soy. Even if it's non-fermented, I believe it can be still a, or if it's fermented, it can be a source of copper. So it's, it's removing those or limiting them as much as you can and enhancing zinc, which is just like magnesium, such a key mineral that we're so deficient in. So that means your pumpkin seeds or you take a zinc supplement. So everybody should be looking at their vitamin and mineral supplement right this very minute. If you're taking one that has more than two milligrams of copper and you think you may have any of these symptoms that I've spoken about, then what we need to do is get you a different multi that perhaps is copper-free for a little bit and making sure that you're taking 45 to 50 milligrams of zinc, which is the antagonistic mineral, to the copper. Yeah, and also zinc is uh, helps to improve thyroid function, but it's also needed for for hormonal function, correct? And the bones, yes, because it's the precursor to progesterone, which is the hormone that goes south during the change. 
So this zinc-copper, which nobody is talking about, but I have been privy to since I have learned about it way back in the, the 1990s, is really key to fueling these hormones. So it's not just estrogen and progesterone, which so many of us are familiar with, but it's also these minerals that are seem to be associated with this imbalance. Now, I understand that there is a link between hormones and thyroid function. And, and as you've stated, and I have read this many times, where estrogen can slow down thyroid function, where progesterone can improve thyroid function. So I'm amazed that in the medical industry, when they start doing hormonal therapy and they lean towards estrogen, women over 50 or over 55 start showing signs of an underactive thyroid. Yeah. And then that seems to be pretty elementary for those of us that have been studying this, as you have and I have for so many years. But that's so true. And so what we need to understand is that progesterone, which can be taken topically in a wild yam USP progesterone topical cream, should be applied to the thyroid area. When I tell women to try to enhance their metabolism and balance their thyroid, they should be taking the supplemental progesterone and putting it on their thyroid, which is the cream of 20 milligrams of progesterone on a daily basis, but rub it into the thyroid. You'd be so surprised at what that does to the metabolism. Well, does a woman have to cycle the progesterone cream? Because I've heard things like 21 days on, 7 days off. Yes, yes. And I created a progesterone cream called Progestikey, and I have specific instructions. If you're premenopausal, then you do one thing. If you're menopausal, another. And beyond it, you do something completely different. But all of us need progesterone. It's important not just for your hormones, but it's important for your mind, your brain, and your bones. So very definitely, for those women that are in that are beyond menopause, let's suggest, that would be the first 12 days where you just do the 20 milligrams, one pump, and then days 12 to 25, two pumps, because that has to mirror your cycle where there's twice as much progesterone. And then you leave it off to have the body clear itself in the, progest- in the receptor sites for about five days and then start again. So all of that is described, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a label for most women. And it's very important. You should also monitor it, even though that's considered a bioidentical hormone, Dr. Bond. Mm-hmm. Like any hormone therapy, all of this should be monitored with a salivary hormone test, blood test, or urine test. All right, Dr. Goodman, where does testosterone therapy play in all of this for women when it comes to hormonal weight gain? Uh, that's so interesting. That's the hormone of desire. That's number one. And it can actually keep you thinner in some cases because it's so important in terms of muscle strength. But what I tell every woman that I deal with is that I think it's important to really test your testosterone levels. Very oftentimes it can be made from progesterone, but there's so many women that have excessive amounts of testosterone and have issues you know, with their ovulation and with pregnancy and with this, that, and the other, that I think it's so important, especially PCOS, to have that tested. Some women are exceptionally high in testosterone, especially our PCOS ladies, so you want to make sure that you're balancing that. And interestingly enough, we give them saw palmetto to bring down excess testosterone, and if they have any type of adult acne, that, that, uh, Saw palmetto is very, very, uh, very, very effective. Yes, I, I know that herb works very well for a lot of the women that deal with PCOS. And for many of you listeners today wondering what that is, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. 
Uh, a lot of women will show higher levels of androgens in their body. Uh, and I do know that that condition uh, is can be much improved by balancing out the glucose levels. There seems to be a type 2 diabetic type situation with that condition. Yes, yes, very, very much so. So that's where testing, Dr. Bond, comes into play. Testing is so incredibly important. And again, whether you're taking hormone replacement therapy, synthetic hormone replacement therapy, or bioidentical, you still need to be monitored. I don't know which one is better, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I wrote a book called Before the Change, which we're talking about, and it talks yes. about the pros and cons of both. But I've had women that have not done well on the natural hormone therapy. They use the estrogen window concept for a certain amount of time, do an estrogen patch, and they're like brand new. So it, it really is very individual, and it's, it's the kind of thing that one size does not fit all. So testing is really key, and having a practitioner that knows how to really interpret those tests is very important. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, hormones, it's its not even a science to me. I think it comes down to an, an, uh, an art. <laughs> a, an art, yeah, because the practitioner really needs to look at the individual. But let me ask you this question, because how can a woman eat to contel, curtail a menopot, and what is a menopot? A menopot is the belly fat that seems to arise when you're in the menopausal stage of life. And it occurs. I mean, I can attest to that. I mean, I'm I'm there and I see that it's not as easy to lose weight, although I maintain the same exercise and the same diet that I used to. So you've got to bring in some of the bigger guns. So number one, you have to look at the essential fatty acids, primarily conjugated linoleic acid, which I find to be very helpful in that regard because it targets tummy fat. That's up to 6,000 mg's a day sometimes women need. That's a high amount, 2,000 three times a day for at least two to three weeks. And then you cut it back to 3,000 per day. But I'm also finding that, that there's an old friend that I heard about years ago. It's an old nutrient friend that Dr. Atkins once whispered in my ear. And it's one that I think you've written about. It's none other than L-carnitine. Oh, yeah. I am finding that L-carnitine, when all else fails, and you have done everything right, but you still got that little bulge, that little tummy, that the L-carnitine at 2,500 milligrams is an absolute godsend for the menopause. So at 2,000 milligrams on the L-carnitine? You bet. 2,500 is what Dr. Atkins used. And it was, in back in the day, it was the most popular supplement that he used at the Atkins Clinic in New York City, and he saw, saw tens of thousands of people on a yearly basis. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we hear about L-carnitine and, you know, you and I believe in orthomolecular nutrition where we go with the clinical dose. And a lot of people think 500 milligrams is enough, and it's not, which is why I give you kudos when you were talking about the CLA, the conjugated linoleic acid, of being 6,000. It kicks in the fat burning process when you get it to over 4,000 milligrams. So you're right on the money on this. And I am so glad you brought this up, especially with the L-carnitine, because you have to take that higher level to get the benefits that one is looking for. You you do, and there's no question about it. And, and I know from my own personal research, and I use myself sometimes as a guinea pig because I'm certainly at that age and stage of life, actually beyond before the change. <laughs> I'm beyond the change, beyond the change, change. But the point being is that it gets harder as we get older. That's just a fact of life. 
And so you have to be looking for new areas, and everything does slow down. We become like toxic waste dumps, unfortunately, because we're exposed to so many xenoestrogens in the environment, the plastics, the paras- the the plastics, they're parasites. Those are not xenoestrogens, but those are also toxic elements in the environment that we that we have to be fighting off. So you need really to be at your at your highest. You need to make your body an invincible fortress in so many areas, and you have to get those fat the the fat fires burning as much as you can. And it just takes a little more as we get older. L-carnitine slows down. Your production of L-carnitine slows down. And you can find it in meats, particularly lamb, believe it or not. So if you're a lover of lamb chops, go to it at least twice a week. Oh, absolutely. And I, if I remember correctly, Dr. Linus Pauling, who was basically the father of vitamin C or the, the usage of vitamin C, that uh, by taking uh, a ample quantity every day, the body will convert that into carnitine naturally. Well, see, that's another benefit of vitamin C, which uh, to me is the most overlooked antioxidant of all. Yes, and I also think what's important for people to understand is if you're not eating certain types of animal protein, you're not going to be getting this particular element, which is known, by the way, as an amino acid. So it's so important to start looking in areas that nobody's looking at, whether it's the essential fatty acids that we're talking about, the GLA, the EPA, the DHA, or the CLA, which is a critical fatty acid, and you're right about the higher amount. It's 4,000 to 6,000 milligrams per day. I totally, totally agree. And the L-carnitine, which we need more of. And so these are kind of my little secret weapons here. I talk about that and so much more and before the change for women because you have to be a female to truly understand what it means. You know, your energy goes down, your thyroid goes down, your adrenals a little bit more taxed. And this is also a time of life where there are other challenges. You know, you've got children away at college. You've got parents that need help. You're being driven in so many directions that you need to make time for yourself. And this is a book that can help you do that. Well, I've read your book, and it is a wealth of information. And I think the title of our interview today, Being a Hormonal Weight Gain, is going to get a lot of uh, ears and eyes to find out more because it's just something that I hear women really constantly complain about. And uh, it's a vicious cycle. As you have brought up, we're looking at thyroid, adrenal, you're looking at the hormonal issues. You brought up copper, which is amazing because you are correct. It is often overlooked, and many doctors have no idea that when they are trying to treat a woman for hormonal imbalance, they don't look at all of the uh, they don't look at they don't look at the whole picture. No, they don't look at the whole picture. That's why it's a do-it-yourself area. <laughs> it's up to you. You're in charge of your own body. That's that's kind of the big news here. That's the spoiler. And so um, whether you've got hereditary tendencies, and we all do, all that can be overcome with the right food, the right diet, the right meditation, the right prayer, the right, you know, epigenetics, as they say. So your biology is not your destiny, and you can override your genes. But you have to know what to do. You've got to have the right tools in your wheelbox to be able to do that. Well, I believe that if we don't move it, we're going to lose it. So what type of exercises would you recommend? Anything that moves you on a regular basis. I particularly like for my women uh, anything that moves the lymphatic system. So that could be brisk walking or jumping on a trampoline 10 to 15 minutes a day, 
jumping jacks first thing in the morning. I'm also a believer in some of the super slow methodology, you know, where you're doing a limited amount of exercise with a slow but even reps uh, that are very good for, I would say, for bone building and bone density and muscle strength. So I'm a believer that um, doing something on a regular basis is important, something for your stretching, your balancing, and also for your cardio. Yeah, you know, it's amazing because I've, I'm hearing so much more about the dangers of having a sedentary lifestyle and people working in offices and being in front of their computers and literally never getting up from their chair. And now they're recommending at least get up 10 minutes every hour to move around, to improve your circulation, to reduce the risk of death, basically. Yes, and, and I'll tell you something. Uh, we have a chapter in the book where we talk about sitting being the new smoking, which is so true. And so uh, I have tried to implement so much of the research that I did for Before the Change. I now have a desk, which is a it's a standing desk, and I love it, and no more backaches. And that's a really big deal for people. Well, you know, my, my uh, wife actually recommended that to me. She thought about getting one for herself, and I'm thinking, why do I want to stand up and do my work? And and I'm just, I would rather get up every 10 minutes, but I really see the point. But I'm also thinking about doing one of those, um, get, getting one of those large exercise balls and actually using that as the chair to create movement and balance. Yeah, a lot of people do that. I tried that, having a scoliosis all my life. For me, that didn't particularly work, but I just get on there once or twice a day to kind of stretch things out. So, you know, you got to try it on for size. Whatever works for you in your lifestyle is what's going to be right because whatever you do on a daily basis is really what the key is. So it's the right movement, it's the right foods, the right essential oils, the right hormones or the right hormone replacement, the right herbs that are herbal allies. I mean, all of this is manageable, but most definitely when you're in this change of life and you are a female, you really have to take a real good look. This is the time when you do an inventory on your whole lifestyle. And that's why it's important to know your nutrition, your diet, you know the alternatives to traditional hormone therapy and the healing vitamins, minerals, and herbs. And, and all of that is the reason that I felt it was important to update this book, which initially came out, believe it or not, Dr. Ward, in 1999. This is the second update. Oh, on Before the Change? Really? Yeah, we came out in 1999, and then it went back to print in 2004 because the women's, there was a very important women's study that was halted in 2002. We got on Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil looked at the book, pointed to it, and said, buy this book. And we they did. Women bought it, and it went on the New York Times bestseller list. So we've been very grateful for all of the wonderful press that we've gotten. And at this point, we're now updating once again because I think the environment is more toxic than ever, and the old fixes just aren't working anymore. Well, aren't you amazed that since 1999 until today, the changes that we have seen in information concerning hormonal health? It's amazing, and what we thought we knew, we're kind of adapting and tweaking. You know, not all hormones are bad, and there is a time when taking estrogen can actually be beneficial in a time when it's not beneficial and you just have to know when that window is. And this whole concept is called the estrogen window and I talk about that in here. I never thought I'd be talking about traditional or synthetic hormone replacement, but there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what kind of advice can, would you like to give the women listening today? 
I think what's important for women listening today is that they can understand and take charge of their menopausal symptoms, whether they're in perimenopause or even beyond perimenopause, by eating the right foods, particularly a higher fat, moderate protein, lower carb diet that maybe is dairy-free and grain-free, high in starchy veggies, colorful vegetables. I love the concept of using certain natural hormones, whether that's maca or topical progesterone cream on a daily basis. And I think it's important for women to also understand that their liver comes into play too, which is where some of your liver-loving foods in the diet come into play. And, And that probably would be your lemon and water first thing in the morning to tonify your liver and your kidneys. And dandelion root tea, if you're going to do anything, Think of dandelion root tea as a love-your-liver beverage, and that's important because the liver helps to metabolize hormones, so we we can't ignore that vitally important organ as well. Well, Anne Louise, thank you so much. You Again, you are a wealth of information, and ladies and gentlemen, this is why they call Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman the first lady of nutrition. She has been doing this for years. She is literally one of our modern-day pioneers. So I encourage everyone, especially you ladies out there, and men, you can learn this too, by getting her book, Before the Change, Taking Charge of Your Perimenopause. There is so much information in there. This will help guide you down the right and healthy road to a better life-changing moment. Now, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the program on iTunes. The reason being is we want to attract more people like you to the show. The only way we can do that is if you rate it and please, which also helps the show get more visibility, and please leave a review as well. If you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. You can learn more about me at drwardbond.com and check out my show page here at radiomd.com slash drbond, which will lead you to my other channels of iTunes, iHeartRadio, and others. And you can check out all of my guests on my show page, including Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman. So I want to thank you for listening to another life-changing wellness episode. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a healthy and blessed day.